Hello and welcome to the mystery room. I'm Shannon and I am Abby and welcome. So just a little bit of disclosure, we are now going to upload our videos, well not really videos are they, our podcast <laughs> every yeah. Monday because we just think Friday, most people aren't going to listen to it on a Friday because most people are going out on a Friday. So I mean I think we just annoy people on a Friday. Yeah, no one wants to sit there pre-drinking listening to people get murdered. So good point we've now changed to a monday so expect an episode every monday we just can't stick to a good routine can we we try we try but it's been hectic we are recording this at lunchtime on a thursday i know we have got wine <laughs> i don't start work till three so it's fine we've got a rosé this week because uh, we had a wine and cheese night at the weekend and i think me and abby bought far too much wine than cheese so we didn't drink all the wine so we've got a wine from Audi. It's the Prospector. Yeah. It's a Southern Eastern Australian rosé. Australian rosé. I can't do Australian rosé. You know, it's <laughs> awful. It was a good try. It was. It was try. God loves a trier. Exactly. So welcome. And this week we're doing an interesting case. And I think a lot of people will remember it because it didn't happen that long ago. Well, I mean, it was 13 years ago, but it's one of, yeah, but it's, that's what I mean. But it's one of them cases that you remember because it's so bizarre. That was that. It doesn't feel like that long ago at all. I mean, and everyone remembers it because it is, it's really, it's a really weird case. And there is like two main theories, but when you find out what the case is, you're all going to say the exact same thing. So this week we are looking into Gareth Williams but you might know him as the spy in the bag. Oh, catchy. I know. How I know this case is the man in the bag. I don't really remember him from... That sounds really bad. I feel really bad, but... What? It's just... I don't really remember him from his actual name, rather than he was the man found in the bag. I didn't know his name. Yeah, there so, we go. Yeah. I just knew he was part... Wasn't it MI6 or something? Yes. And we all know what happened. Yeah. But... If you don't hear from us for a few weeks, it's not because we haven't published anything. It's because we've probably been gunned down by the Secret <laughs> Service for this case. Because I'm actually quite terrified of that happening. I'm so worried that one day we're going to do a case and someone's going to come after us. And I feel like this will be this is that case. Yeah, I feel like we're going to start being followed now and watched. Yeah. yeah. And our phone calls are going to be like tapped into and everyone's going to find out our moves. Oh, God, don't say that. It's fine. They've got no reason to kill us. We've just... We've just got an opinion like everyone else. That's true. That's true. So like I said, a lot of you probably remember he worked for the MI6 and he was a spy and they found him dead in a padlocked holdall in his bathtub in August 2010. Sorry, I do have one question. How do they know he was part of MI6? Like, Why was that information released? Because aren't you not meant to tell anyone, are you, if you're part of MI6? Well, obviously his family knew. Really? Yeah, his sister knew. He was a genius. Ooh. But obviously everyone finds out everything. Yeah, also, true. he lived across the road from the building he worked in. Oh. Which makes okay. it, they, which makes this case even more bizarre. Yeah. Because it took forever for them to realise he wasn't at work. So Gareth was born on the 26th of September 1978 in Anglesey, North Wales. He was a Welsh genius who achieved A grades in maths and computer science in his A levels at the fresh age of 13. I'm sorry? Yes, he's amazing. He then went on to get a first class degree in maths at the age of 17 
and at the young age of 18, he began his PhD in Manchester. Williams dropped out of a postgraduate course at St Catherine's College in Cambridge. The man was a real life Sheldon Cooper. I was going to say that. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> when I like when you hear about him, I just think, oh my god, it's Sheldon. Sheldon. In 2001, when Gareth was 22, he started working as a junior analyst for GCHQ. This is a government listening station in Cheltenham. I told you they listen to your phone calls. Oh, <laughs> I didn't need to know that. <laughs> oh, God. I'm slightly concerned. <laughs> I was on the phone to my dad once. I think he was in India or something. And he just goes, stop listening, you dick. <laughs> What? I was like, are you all right? And he goes, can you not hear that tapping? Government, they've tapped into the gut. <laughs> like, you sound crazy. What? <laughs> it was just, he was just like, the fuckers are listening. I was like, Dad, I don't think they're listening to our conversation of, hey, how are you? <laughs> how did they get tapping? To... I don't I didn't hear any tapping. Oh, God. I just think he was going a bit crazy. That's hilarious. I know, what an idiot. They listen to everything you're doing. Yeah, but so when you have phone sex, they're listening. Ew. Surely they don't have time to listen to everything. No, I think it's like, I can imagine them sat in this room and like people are listening to things and they like, they'll hear something and they'll like, say someone's like talking about terrorist activity. Like trigger words. Right, yeah, maybe. they'll trigger things and they'll be like, oh, this person, and then they're focusing on that conversation. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm not intelligent enough to ever work anywhere like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did apply to work there, like, MI5 once, and I never got through. MI5? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Aww. I remember you doing that, actually. Yeah, I, I just remember you doing that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to, to actually discuss that. Don't yeah, know. Were you planning to work for them? No. Well, there we go. You're fine. He then got scouted by MI6 and moved to London to start a new life for himself. Gareth was described as a quiet boy who loved the country. He barely went out, and he was intensely private and a keen cyclist. Sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone, but don't you find the smart people are always cyclists? Yeah. You always get... I also think, without... Nerdy cyclists. Without, yeah, without being horrible, but a lot of, like, really, really, really intelligent people are, like, on the spectrum. I think everyone's on the spectrum in their own way anyway. I don't... I would never class anyone as normal, but obviously some people are more on the spectrum than others, and usually the people who are high up the spectrum are like really really intelligent yeah like again i'll reference big bang theory i know that sharon cooper's not real but there are people out there like him but he is definitely on the spectrum in some way yeah so i do think maybe gareth was on the spectrum in some way because he was very very private and he was very very tidy very very intelligent like he didn't really go out and do anything he mm. was very to himself mm. He he looked like a cy- he looks like a cyclist as well. Like if you post a photo of him, when we post a photo of him, you will be like, he's definitely a cyclist. So as I mentioned earlier, when Gareth moved to London, MI6 gave him a flat. Oh, lovely! It was like one of their like safe houses. Yeah, and it was literally opposite the building where he worked. So it's not like he had to go far. He literally just had to cross the street when he's at work. One day in 2010, Gareth didn't turn up to work. A week went by and a policeman is sent round to the Pimlico flat where Gareth had been living for a year. Once inside, the curtains were drawn and the flat was so warm because the central heater had been put up onto the highest setting. Bearing in mind, this is in August, so why has he got the heating on? 
Oh, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. It it will become apparent why the heating's on. Okay. So just remember that. Gav's flat was insanely neat and tidy. Everything was order except from a padlocked North Face holdall, which was found in the bath of the ensuite bathroom. When the bag was opened, investigators couldn't believe their eyes. In the bag was the naked body of Gareth Williams. An investigation went underway, and what they found stumped the nation. Gareth's DNA was not found on the padlock, zipper, or Velcro handles of the bag, which were fastened. In fact, there is hardly any DNA in the flat, except from traces belonging to an unidentified person on the zip and padlock. So the whole place was wiped clean. There was no fingerprints anywhere. Not even Gareth's fingerprints, and he lived there. There is also no finger, foot or palm prints on the bath, which again is very odd because they would expect his DNA to be everywhere in that bathroom. No evidence of a struggle was suggested apart from a little bruising which was found on Gareth's elbow as he lied curled up in a fetal position. The shower curtain was drawn and the lights are off. A doorknob was removed and one of his four phones had been reset to factory settings. The flat was locked from the outside, and the key for the padlock was inside the bag under Gareth's naked body. What? Yeah. That just makes no sense at all. Bizarre. Toxicology samples were sent for testing, and all came back inconclusive, since the body was left decomposing for a week, with the heating on full blast. That would absolutely reek in that flat. A decomposing body in the heat. So basically, they all say that the reason they did it is because the body will decompose quicker. Ah. But then it would really smell. Well, that's why he's in the bath. Because I all basically, like, the fluids that would come off the body would wash around down that, the drain. That, that is actually just... That makes me feel sick. No, no, it's gross, isn't it? Because of all these factors, it was never determined if Gareth had died whilst in the bag or before being placed in the bag. No cause of death was found. But Dr Fiona Wilcox said in her coroner's report that Gareth's death was unnatural and likely to have been criminally meditated. She also stated that the lack of footprints in the bathroom is significant. So what happened to Gareth Williams? There was two theories, but let's be honest, only one of these theories are true. A few people suggested that he died due to his personal life, but many people believed that he found something at work which he shouldn't have and he was killed to be silenced. So let's start by looking at the least likely reason. Let's take a look into Gareth's footsteps over the years leading up to his death. In 2007, his landlord and landlady in Cheltenham said that they have received a call in the middle of the night after he tied his wrist to his headboard of his bed to see if he could get free. Receipts from 2008 and 2009 suggested that Gareth had acquired a collection of women's clothing and footwear worth £20,000 during this time. His sister later suggested that he would often buy her clothes and gifts. He was also seen on the 13th of August 2010, two weeks before his death, attending a show on his own which starred drag queen Johnny Wu at the Bistrotech Club in Bethnal Green in East London. Many people suggested that Gareth Williams secretly dressed in drag. He was gay and often liked to try and tie himself up to see if he could get out. They suggested that he got himself into the bag, locked it and then couldn't get out and it was an accidental death. 
I have nothing to say to that. I, apparently there was like loads of evidence. Everyone's like, he's gay, he's gay, he's gay. And it's like, what if he's gay? Does that mean you're going to lock yourself up and kill yourself? He probably was gay. And I, I think I think there's like two extremes, like tying yourself to a headboard and then locking yourself in a bag, which was placed in the bathtub. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's very far-fetched. Why? Why did he do that? Why did he like to tie himself up and then try and set himself free? I don't know. I think he liked a bit of magic. I think he liked magic and a bit like Houdini sort of thing. Like, he wanted to be able to see if he could set, get himself out. And he was in his boxes, just like tied up on the bed. My other thought was maybe he was with someone, they tied him up and left him there and he couldn't get out. Like I said, he's a very private man, so it's really, really hard to find out anything about him other than obviously like CCTV footage and stuff like that. Yeah. But I also don't think you can turn around and say he likes to dress up and drag because he's bought women's clothing. Like, even he, a lot of his friends were girls and they even said, yes, he used to buy them stuff because he used to go to America a lot and work. And he used to just buy things for his family and bring it back. Oh, how lovely. I mean, I wouldn't spend £20,000 on my no, family. No. Sorry, Abby, I love yeah. your pieces, but I wouldn't buy you that much. It's all right, neither. So don't expect it. Yeah. So the theory that he locked himself in the bag was actually proved wrong in 2012. When an expert, I was saying this to Abby earlier, how can someone be an expert of like getting into yeah, bags? bags? Because I tried to get into my gym bag and I, I, <laughs> I could only get my feet in. I tried to sit down, it wasn't happening. But could you imagine, what's your job? I'm an expert of getting into small spaces and getting out again. I like to test to see if I can get into uh, suitcases and handbags. Did you see that thing that happened like years ago when a guy went like into caves and then he couldn't get out and he ended up dying in there because no one could save him? That's a bit sad. Did you not hear about it? No, I've seen the film 127 Hours where that guy gets his arm stuck in a rock and he had to cut his own arm off. No, this guy got into like the tightest space you could possibly imagine and... He was literally face down with his feet up in, like, so he was crawling through front ways. Why do people do this? No, honestly, it freaks me out. Yeah, but then he got stuck and he couldn't get back out because he went in front way. He couldn't get out. Then they tried to save him. But when they tried to pull him out, Hmm. it actually pushed him further down. So he was there. They tied that around his legs, tried to pull him out. It broke and then he fell down even further. And then because of the angle... Because he's just... Is he still down there? Yeah, he died. Bloody hell. He died in there because they couldn't save him. How sad is that? Why do people go do them things? Like, they go... I know people like caving and stuff like that. But honestly, it's like my worst fear ever. Yeah. Being in a dark, small space. I just couldn't do it. Like, hats off to people that do it. I don't know why people would do it as a hobby. No. If you couldn't get in a space, you wouldn't force yourself. Because you're never going to get out again. It's like kids that put their heads through handlebars, gated bar. Oh, yeah. Like, again, you're not going to get out of there. It actually sets my anxiety off. Massively, massively. So there was an expert, Peter Folding, said that he had tried and failed to get into the bag 300 times. He said, quote, My conclusion is he was placed in a bag either unconscious or dead. I cannot say if it is possible, but I think Houdini would struggle with this one he also went on to say that when he was trying to get into the bag he was touching everything so gareth's dna would have been everywhere in that bathroom if he had tried to do this to himself two specialists also stated that it'd be nearly impossible to lock the bag from the inside stating 
some people can do really amazing things and maybe mr williams is one of these people and could lock the bag from the inside um there was something where this man he got his i think she was 16 his 16 year old daughter to get into the bag and she could actually get herself in and she could lock it but the padlock was then on the inside of the bag not yeah. on the outside and there was a hole so even if he did lock himself in, he would have a little hole. Like, fair enough, it wouldn't be a massive hole to breathe out of. But the padlock wouldn't be on the outside of the bag anyway. Also, she was a 16-year-old girl. This is like a full-grown adult male. How would you shut yourself in with the padlock on the outside? Yeah, How? that's like, what I mean. You can't. So it is very, very weird. A pathologist working on the case said that if Gareth was placed in the bag, it was more likely he was alive as it's not very easy to place a floppy, newly dead body in a neat position, as Mr Williams was found in. If he was placed in a bag alive, he would have been overcome by CO2 toxicity within two to three minutes at most. So he would have died, like, he would have suffocated quite easily. The other theory, and the one that most people believe, is that this is a massive cover-up. A lot of people suggested that Gareth had maybe found some files at work which he wasn't supposed to have access to, and stumbled across something which put his life in danger. Some believe it was to do with Russians. Some suggest he worked out that there was a mole in the UK government, but whatever Gareth Williams discovered got him killed. Because, as you remember earlier, I said that the iPhone... So there was a phone in the flat which was wiped clean. Why did it also take eight days for someone that he works with to report him missing? I'm really funny, if I didn't turn up to work... I'd have a phone call within like a few hours. Where are you? Yeah. Like no one would let me not go to work for eight days. Exactly. Did his family not know that he was missing? No, because he, so he wasn't one of these people that would like contact his family all the time. Like I said, oh, okay. he was very private. He kind okay. of just like kept himself to himself. Also, his mum and dad were actually abroad at the time. Oh, okay. And when they flew back into England, the first thing they had to do was go and identify his body. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. So like I said, he only lived across the road from the building. So why did no one get sent round to find out where he was? It's not even like, yes, they could call, but someone could literally cross the road and be like, hey, why are you not in? Are you all right? Yeah. So it was all really, really weird. Also, it's like, why was there like zero DNA anywhere? Yeah. Literally nowhere. And people were saying like the doorknob was broken off. Someone could have easily put their hand through the letterbox and opened the door from the inside. Yeah. So it is all really, really bizarre. And uh, to me, it screams cover up. In October 2022, Norman Baker, who was a Liberal Democrat minister in David Cameron's government, and Boris Kutpichkov, a former KGB major who fled to Britain in 1998, have both claimed in a podcast that Williams was killed because he was close to identifying a mole in the UK security services. Baker said, quote, Find me, other than some sort of stooge in Scotland Yard, someone who can tell you with a straight face that Gareth Williams went into his bathroom, shut the door, turned the lights off and put himself in a bag. I've always been interested in the matter to do with security and have always been interested in spotting elephants in the room that other people want to ignore. The idea that Gareth Williams died alone was simply impossible. First of all, the body was found in a holdall with a zip closed and padlock on the outside of the bag with a key lying under his body. Baker then went on to say that he believes that the Russians are probably behind the murder as Gareth had Russian links 
in the sense that he was investigating Russian dealings within the city of London as part of his work was for GCHQ and MI6. What is GCHQ? So GCHQ is Government Communication Headquarters. So obviously a lot of people know about this case and I think a lot of people are probably on the same theories that we're probably on. Yeah. Well, I don't know what Abby, Abby might actually believe that he did it himself, but I personally believe that maybe Gareth got into some dark web shit at MI6 that he shouldn't have gotten into, found something that he maybe shouldn't be looking into. And I feel like he's the sort of person that once he finds something, he probably wouldn't be able to stop. That's kind of like how I see it. And maybe he found out something, unfortunately, as a result of this, it cost him his life. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine how many corrupt people there are? Like, there, there has got to be some corruption in the government. Like, well, I believe that entirely, and I think that I, I do generally think it was a cover up. Well, I'm not being funny, but Princess Diana—that's a massive cover up. Oh yeah, that's a whole like, other thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's like it's not even like they don't happen; they do happen. They're yeah. the most powerful people in exactly. Britain. Exactly, they have the power to get rid of someone and make it look like an accident. Like, how was there no DNA found anywhere? Oh, no, I know. I think it was more than one person. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I just don't know how they manage how they cover it up. The whole reason he was put in a bag, put in a bath, is like I said earlier, is so that all the any evidence that did come off in like say like a liquidy form ran down the drain. Like all the evidence was gone. But there is no way in how he got himself into that bag. Without touching anything in that bathroom. There's yeah. there's no chance. No chance. I'm really sorry. Unless he's like the most flexible person in the world. There is no way that he got himself into that bag and left no form of fingerprint in no. that bathroom. No. And the fact he lived there for a year and it's like no DNA anywhere. Exactly. And there was no footprint marks. I'm sorry, but his footprint, foot, footprint would be everywhere. Surely there will be people out there that would think, no, I want to investigate this. I am going to solve this. But then they probably can't. I feel like they're one of them people who are like, if you look into this, you'll lose your job. Yeah. I wouldn't want to look into this personally because I'm scared that someone's going to kill me. That's true. I'm scared. I'm scared someone's going to kill me just from doing this podcast. You're not the one who has to get home at 11 o'clock tonight. I'll be there like looking around, running into the house. My theory is it is just one complete cover up by the government because he found something he shouldn't have done and they wanted to silence him. I wonder what you found though. It's so interesting. I'd love yeah. to know what you found. Yeah. It's really like scary, isn't it, to think that there's something's he's, going on that He's found something really bad yeah. that he's got killed for. Yeah. Like that must have been some really bad yeah. stuff. Exactly. That he's What's found. going on that he has to be killed for? I don't I don't know. I think saying it's the Russians is like a massive again, is a bit of a cover up. Say if he was killed by someone, it's definitely Russians. Yeah. No one's going to turn around and go, yes, MI6 put a hiss on his head and he's dead. Yeah. Because that would look really bad. So, yeah. yeah. Let us know what you think. I think everyone pretty much does think the same. But you believe if, what you want. Believe me, if you lot can prove that you can get into a bag in the bath without touching a single bloody thing, not even the bag, because none of his DNA was found on that bag either. So his DNA were not found, his fingerprints weren't found on the zip. His fingerprint weren't found on the padlock. How the nothing fuck is he to get himself in there then? That's what I mean. So if you lot can prove it to me that he's done this and you can do it and you don't get your DNA anywhere, I will give you a million pounds. Alright, I'll prove it. No, I'm joking. No way. I've got a million pounds. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let us know what you guys think.
we always say this but no one actually knows <laughs> yeah no one no one actually comments on anything it's... actually we have got a few we have yeah. a few we actually reply as well by the way it's not like we just sit yeah. there like reading your comments like we do actually get involved with our we don't ignore you with our socials yeah we hope you've enjoyed this one we're going for the short ones at the moment because for some reason there isn't a lot to the cases we pick at the moment we are doing a big one but it's going to take us a few weeks to research so don't forget to follow our socials so on instagram we are the mystery room pod on facebook we are the mystery room podcast and you can find us on patreon and i just think do you know what the first five people that pledge to us on patreon we will do a live i mean we don't really post a lot on patreon but again it's because we don't have any patrons um so i don't know if any of you remember we did uh we did the case on deonte rosellis yes we actually did an interview with a DNA expert involved in the case called Tiffany Roy. And we published it on our Patreon probably like four months ago now. But anyway, we think it's time that we publish on Spotify. So watch out for that. Yeah. It won't be at the same time as the next episode. But you'll have two episodes yeah. this week. So yeah. enjoy. Yeah. We're so generous, honestly, guys. So enjoy your week. We will speak to you again next week. Bye. Bye.